0: You're listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing, the podcast about podcasting. On this show, we talk about how to turn your passion into a podcast that can earn money, fill up your sales funnel, and help you gain super duper confidence along the way. I'm your host, Emily Milling, podcaster, marketer, producer, and lover of all things podcasting. Welcome to another episode of Ultimate Podcast Marketing. I'm your host and your podcast coach and everything to do with podcasting. I'm Emily Milling, and today I have with me, Laura Clark. And apparently by the end of this episode, no one's going to understand how to say your name. Why is that? Because it just sounds together very clunky. Laura Clark. (laughs) (laughs) Laura Clark. Laura Clark. I like it. Whatever. I think you're a lovely human being. Oh my God. I'm so excited that you're here today because I am introducing you to the Ultimate Creative Community. You are my podcast editor. You make my life so much easier. Oh my God. Uh, We met back in February of 2020 when you were doing some work for me as a virtual assistant and again, making my life so much easier. I don't need to tell the story of my entire business shift again, but several months later, I reached out to you, Laura, to see if you had capacity to help me to my podcast because I knew you had done some of that in the past. And like, I know I'm totally capable of editing my own podcast, but like, to be honest with you, my dear listeners, my dear pals, I'm just not as organized with my own content as I am with my clients' content. And I think that's normal. Like most people that I speak with tell me that their content comes dead last. And that's why we ultimately start working together. So for me, having the accountability for Laura to get her all of my recordings and then the notes back to the edits, which I really struggle with and I'm Working on it, Laura, I promise. And keeping you in the loop with what's coming up next and what to expect is so essential for me. And it's a huge weight off my shoulders. Uh, You've all probably heard me say how important it is to batch record and be proactive with your content. So the only way that I can truly do that now is by having a deadline to get my content over to Laura, our amazing guest today, so that she can do her magic and edit my podcast. So, Laura, that is how I know you. Now tell us about yourself. Who the heck are you? what do you do? Thank you for that introduction, Emily. I'm a freelancer and
1: I've been freelancing for about two years now, just went past my two-year anniversary of freelancing. And really, congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Really, I've been exploring a lot of different mediums of marketing in general and You know, when I met you, I was coming back from Brighton. I was living there for two years and I was really looking to continue to work with female business owners. When I went to Brighton, I just found this incredible community. There's so many cool things happening and I really wanted to continue that coming back to Toronto. And I met you on the Women Who Freelance Toronto Facebook group. Such a good group. It's such a good group. And they recently came out with a database, ladies. Get on there.
0: I'm in it. Are you in it?
1: I'm going to be. I'm going to be. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So I met yourself on there. And you really stood out as someone who was authentic. I knew that we were going to be going into a pandemic. And I was dreading the virtual networking. I'm not going to lie. Mm -hmm. So I really was looking for people who were going to be, you know, give a vibrant, part of my day instead of just it being the stiff, like, I am now going to send you an email. I hope you're keeping well. I really wanted to have that human experience because if we're going to be stuck inside, I want to be working with some badass ladies who are owning their business.
0: Right now you're studying, you're at Ryerson. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're studying? there and what you're going to be developing new in the new year at the social innovation zone. It is the social innovation zone, right?
1: Social venture zone. So it's a social entrepreneurship zone. Mm-hmm. And basically, I applied for the ideation program there. So I will be ideating cool. this concept I have for a platform and a podcast. I'm studying arts and contemporary studies with a focus on culture studies. So basically, it's an interdisciplinary program where you study the history and philosophy of the Western world while also taking elective courses that give you a more specific understanding of culture in the Western world as well.
0: Okay. And so you have plans to create this podcast that's examining classism, how it affects people's perceptions of one another. So how does this relate to, like, why podcasting? Why did you pick that? And I'm kind of combining two of the questions I sent you, but... But, like, you could have chosen so many different mediums to explore this. Why do you think podcasting is the best way to do it?
1: Podcasting is just such a special way to connect with an audience, and it leaves no room for judgment of one's physical appearance. Podcasts, I find, are the great equalizer because it's just focusing on one's mind and what a person has to say. I also just think it's poetic to have someone listen to stories and knowledge while they work with no visuals as well. It's easier to control the structure you're trying to convey without the distraction of artful instas or criterion channel aesthetic.
0: Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, like there is a certain level of audio aesthetic that I think you would probably pinpoint from a CBC podcast. I'm saying CBC and not NPR because Canada. But there's so much to using audio and creating an aesthetic through audio that I think can be so helpful in telling stories as well. But again, like you say, without having preconceived notions or bias, implicit, explicit, whatever that you would have with a visual. So I, I totally agree. It is a great way to eliminate that thing that you're really ultimately trying to Address. It's kind of like oh, tourism
1: in film, where you see kind of the construction of the story as writing a book rather than just this moving image. The subtleties in what I hear in the voices of your guests, or even how you are feeling that day is she hungry? Is she not hungry? Really takes a lot of effort in knowing and understanding how to edit it.
0: Yeah. Oh, look at you go. You just, you know, all the things about. Editing And I love it. I love approaching podcast editing, like whether it's for business or not, like I love approaching it from a storytelling perspective, because I really think that is where we relate better to people when we're listening to things like if it's a success story. Like, because sometimes I'll do those sort of list style podcasts, there's still some sort of a narrative flow to it, like counting down, that's still a type of narrative, still a narrative flow. And like using that to anchor how you structure your episodes when you're laying them out is really important, but also really helpful for editing Afterwards to get your message out, you know, because you hit the nail on the head. It's just so much more accessible. It's easier for people to get into. And really focusing in on that storytelling element is just so important. I really want to give a shout out to Sandy and Nora Podcast. It's a great Canadian podcast to listen to that talks about
1: how Canadian media subverts black and indigenous voices in Canada. And the the two hosts, Sandy and Nora, they live in completely different locations. They're coming from really different professional backgrounds, but they still come together with this like common value and understanding in wanting to challenge Canadian media. And the alternative and affordable nature of these podcasts, when these two hosts, you know, one of them is in school, the other has children, you can't afford to have these big productions, but you still want to get these ideas out there. So finding the confidence to actually creating my own podcast and using my voice, it's still a journey and I'm still definitely working on that. But, you know, making mistakes along the way is worth
0: it. Yeah, well, and your podcast will be great. I'm very excited about it. And we're going to help you get there next year. And by we, I mean me, all of the listeners of the Ultimate Creative, Ultimate Podcast, Marketing Podcast, everybody in this community, because like that is just... You know, something that I, I love that we're creating and we're working on all of this together. And I, I find working with you is so fun in Velaska too, because it's just this communal supportive environment that we've we've cultivated together as we get to know each other and stuff. It's so Good. So, okay. So we started working on Ultimate Podcast Marketing together back in September, which was like a dream for me, a dream come true, because I already knew I loved working with you back from when we worked together before, because you're a great communicator. You pick up on things that I forget about and you keep me on track. So like, it's a totally natural fit for me to ask you to work on the podcast. But what about it? What about this particular project made you say, yeah, I want to do this? Or like, yeah, I think I can handle Emily's weirdness, I guess, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So like I said, when I realized this pandemic was for reals, I was dreading (laughs) networking virtually. And when I got to know you and your authenticity, I felt like we could really just be ourselves over email and in meetings and even in this podcast. Like it's just, it's really refreshing. And I'm also personally on a journey of, discovering the fact that I, I might have ADHD. So, you know, talking to you about those things, the fact that I can even express that I have depression and that I manage my anxiety, the fact that we can talk about that, it doesn't take away from the work. We still get things done, but there's a level of compassion there and understanding that this person is a human on the other side, especially when we're working virtually. And, you know, people matter, people are really important to me, but specific to you reaching out to me to work on a podcast, that was just a double whammy for me and really a dream come true because to take the time to flex my love of audio and help make the hosts and guests shine, especially for underrepresented voices, I just think it's so important to highlight women in business. I don't know about you, Emily, we've actually never talked about this, but I have had experiences where... You know, women's voices have been overlooked in the workplace. I personally myself have given a whammy of an exit interview before that moment kind of made me realize that, you know, I really want to highlight women's voices and women, women in business.
0: I mean, yeah, 100%. I have experienced so much foolishness with men telling me to shut up or just glossing over other women in the room. I really love that trick the Obama administration used that like they just restate what someone has just said if if a woman is saying something they restate it and say thank you for sharing that so that the idea is attributed to the woman who brought it up and not some like random bro dude who's just like co-ops it I mean there's there's so many great sketches like in Baroness Von sketch about exactly this type of situation so it's there's like a lot of really empowering feelings that I get certainly out of working with women and non-binary entrepreneurs and creatives to to really help them feel like they can share their voices because it's so difficult to do that, to feel like that they have the expertise to do that. I also heard a stat the other day on another podcast. I'm trying to remember which one, but no, I have no fucking clue. I heard a stat that said something like 2% of entrepreneurs that are women go past the million dollar threshold. Like, what is that about? Like, why can't we make more money? And is it because we're being held back? And certainly with moms who are at home right now, trying to teach and also run businesses and have podcasts, like, I wish there were more resources I had for childcare to help them to launch their podcast, because it is such a struggle. And I, I wish there was more, honestly, that I could do, because that's most of our clients right now are moms. And I just... I'm always in awe in what they're able to accomplish, what they're able to put out there and then share with the world, like, this is my expertise. This is how I want to help people. This is what this community is all about.
1: One of the ways that we are able to help these guests empower their voices is to let them know about the power of the editing process. Something that I know that you do with the guests is you give them a bit of a preamble about what they can expect during the recording, but also how they can use The post-production process is an opportunity to think about how they're saying what they're saying and how to structure it as well. So maybe... Emily, would you want to say a little bit about how you prepare your guests for how they should be talking and, you know, to let them know that there is a podcast editor at the end of this journey, that they're not just succumbed to what they say in that moment?
0: I really love that you're throwing that at me. I was like, oh, no, you're going to totally take this. You're just going to go with it. And it's all the work is done. Um, Yeah, no, I think. okay. so if you're listening to this now, Laura has already edited out like, I don't know, 45 minutes of us being like, what are we saying right now? (laughs) Um, because we've lost our trains of thought and we've lost the feed. We've lost lots of different things on this journey of recording. And so it's always really important to share with people. And like, I've got another episode on this too, like preparing your guests to be on your podcast. It's always really important to share with your guests. And then usually what I do is it, I just say like in the recording, Hey, Laura, we're going to take that again or cut that last part or Laura, I don't know what the hell I just said. Can you fix it? <laughs> And that can be really handy, too. This can always be edited. If you need to stop and restart and think about how you want to say it again, that's totally fine. And something, yeah, that we've been talking about generally to help make sure people sound confident, because like, you know, if you're a first time guest on a podcast, you're a first time podcaster, sometimes you just ramble for hours and then... I don't even know how it ends. It never does. So a lot of times we'll get episodes that are an hour long or more, and they need to be cut down to like 30 minutes to make it enjoyable and fun. Really what's happening is people are reiterating the exact same points over and over. They're rambling endlessly. And so what we do is... Find the areas where they are going through the same thing fifty-five times. They have horrible ex- explanations or sorry examples for things like moi. Sometimes I do. <laughs> but It's it's very common. And then we you know make it sound like it flows and and feels like something fun, engaging to listen to. I put out a reel the other day on Instagram too that was like, how long should my podcast episode be? And I was like, well, riddle me this, pals. Is it engaging or is it super fucking boring? And the whole point is that it could be a. Fun- 5 hour podcast. As long as it's engaging and fun to listen to and you're getting value out of it. If it's just someone saying the same thing 5 times over and over and over again like I'm doing right now, nobody's going to want to listen to it. So, Laura, maybe you can like clean that up. I don't know. So, with this in mind, tell me a little bit about your editing process. What happens when I hand you the files and you take them and you run with them? What are the key things you're listening for?
1: The first thing is pauses. I mean, I could go on about ums and ahs. Obviously, we're cutting those out. But pauses are huge. I listen for the difference between a meaningful pause and a pause that is maybe someone just checking their notes or just really not quite sure what they're trying to say. So curating the pauses really plays a role in making the guest sound confident, especially for the context of this podcast. I want to make sure that nothing is said that compromises what I know about the guests ethos as well so also I'm also listening to the content of what they're saying so if they're going on kind of a negative rant which which can happen or say something about a colleague that can be read in a way that they didn't mean I definitely double check that this should be included just to protect the reputation of the guest and also just to make sure they're saying clearly what they're trying to say I also listen for my name as you just (laughs) said Oftentimes, yourself or your guest will give me a lovely little shout-out to cut something out, and I happily oblige, of course. (laughs) My favorite is when you do your solo podcasts, and I get a nice little profanity in the ear.
0: I'm really fucking sorry about that, God. It's fucking okay. Okay. Fuck yeah, this is a podcast where we swear. And so this is part of the production process that we've been developing together. This is what I do with the clients on the TUC roster as well, the Ultimate Creative Roster as well. Because although I'm always asking our clients to batch record and send me everything in advance, I'm honestly not that good at it as I should be. And so I'm curious to know what is being your biggest takeaway in the production process so far? What stands out to you as an essential production task that every podcaster should be implementing? And it's okay if I get a little wrist slap because I've been delayed in getting things to you, but I'm trying so hard to get things to you now, like properly, like a month in advance. But what what do you take away from the process? Okay. Well, I definitely
1: think that podcast plans are great because you can stretch out the work over time. It is really helpful. However, I think flexibility is important as well. Things can come up when you work in media and, you know, maybe a podcast isn't working or maybe an interview guest drops out, you definitely have to have that flexibility. But I actually appreciate and enjoy that about this field, the fact that you do have to be constantly adapting. It's also highly creative as well. I think when those things do come up, it reminds you of what keeps creativity and the creative field exciting in what you're doing. So I think it's important to be flexible. Those podcast plans actually allow for more flexibility because you are able to finish a bunch of episodes in advance. And then the ones that you're kind of unsure about that you think, oh, this guest might want something edited out. We're not too sure. Then we can pad our time in that way. Although editing as well is a mechanical process, you really do need to be savvy about how and when you're editing because there is a, like a, just a slight art to it. So you're not just listening for ums and ahs, like I said, you want to cut each subject to sound confident and funny and in line with what question was asked so it's really good to plan in advance as well because you want to make sure you have some time away from your computer because you're using a lot of skills at once you're listening to the content of what the person is saying you're listening to the tone and the, and, and the diction of what they're saying and you need to make sure all of those elements are working in harmony so that you get a clean cut while also making them sound confident And the way people talk can be musical and it strings together. So making sure that everything is cut nicely in a way that fades in well with each thought is an artistic process. So you do want to make sure that you have time away from your computer, whether it's a week out of the month, whether it's a a day that you take away, or if you break up, do two hours here, two hours there, because we really want to make sure that each episode is great. Although you're batch editing, you don't want to see it as you churning out a machine. These are interview guests who've shown up and like poured their heart out to the interviewer. And you want to make sure that you honor that by giving it the time and, you know, like I said, to an extent an artistry that it deserves.
0: I love this. I'm so glad I hired you. I want to hire you for like 5000 more things. I don't even have the projects yet, but you're hired already. Again, 50 more times. Let's talk. <laughs> yes. So, so okay, so in working together so far, we've developed like I think a pretty good workflow generally in terms of feedback. It's obviously it's ongoing because like creatively you're kind of matching what I'm sharing with you for feedback, right? And you're applying my creative vision to things, to these edits. So what I'm curious to know is what's really important for you when you're getting feedback on an edit and how do you take the feedback that I share with you and implement it?
1: With our process, you're looking at timestamps. We're really drilling into the details here. I like to get feedback that is very mechanical, but also we want to make sure that the content is right as well. When I hear feedback, I want to make sure that I'm driving deep into the waveform to make sure that if there's a sound in the background, that we're editing that out. If, like I said, if there's someone that has said something that they maybe didn't mean to, I want to know because we want to be as efficient as possible as well. So we want to make sure that because that you are editing four episodes a month, we are being efficient while also drilling down the details. If you've just done an interview with one of the guests, I really want to hear what there might be for me to take into consideration. Duration throughout and Emily you do a really good job of saying you know there was one section here where we were talking about this where there was a lot of ums and ahs so just be sure to pay special attention or I was saying okay a lot today and then I, I definitely make sure to listen for that and then if you do mention that there are a lot of hesitations in the content of what you are saying or the guest is saying then I really try to pay special attention to that and maybe even listen through a second time to make sure that the okays are fully edited out.
0: Just being able to listen to so many different podcasts every single day and editing them through, you get a sense of how people talk and the things that they're prone to say all the time (laughs) or like when their fridges turn on randomly, what the H is that about? This is where the fridge turns on. Oh my God, let's get that out of there. But yeah, like for me, it's saying, okay. Um, Okay, like that kind of stuff I hate it and I hate when I go And I really hate it when I say Kind of, you know, blah blah Because it's It messes with the flow and the energy of the episode. So I love that you're able to pick up on that stuff. Like, it's just honestly, it's so nice that I get to work with someone who is so intuitive about editing, who really gets the whole mission behind what I'm trying to do with this stuff and then applies it to me and my stuff so that I don't feel like a ding dong trying to edit my own episodes. And like, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, I have someone else to bounce these ideas off of and you give me feedback, too. I think above all else, I really value your top notch communication skills generally. So what would you say? is the most important thing to communicate on when working on content that needs to give entrepreneurs opportunities to grow their audiences and their businesses the way that you help me to do this?
1: Well, thank you for saying I'm a great communicator. I mostly hear that in the professional space. I think I go a bit loopy when talking with friends and family, and maybe that's where I get out all of the chaos. But I would say <laughs> that my biggest tip for planning content is to look for that candid moment to plan. For that candid moment so the way you structure the interviews with the ultimate creative podcast emily it's no accident. So you're using great moments you've had with your guests off the microphone, maybe in a meeting, an email, or one of those historical in-person events that people back in the good old days (laughs) used to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) To inform what questions you should be asking the guests. So this not only makes them comfortable to chat in this medium, but also they can intuitively tell that you've picked up on that moment. And They'll work to recreate that. My other thing is to keep it short. One of the examples I like is Mark Marin gives these coveted like monologues at the beginning of his What the Fuck podcast. They never exceed 10 minutes. People want the whole thing to be just him ranting. You want to leave people wanting more. So now Mark Marin does 40-minute lives every morning. 900 people plus tune in, and it's like their therapy session. So give them a little bit. Know where you should be putting the most amount of your time. That would be... My biggest suggestion.
0: Two of my biggest suggestions. Leave them wanting more. That is, that is so so key, especially in any type of marketing, because like. Once you've articulated a pain point for somebody and said like, okay, you might be experiencing not enough engagement on your posts on Instagram or something. These are the three ways that you can start to fix it. And by the way, I've got a course that can help you do it. But it is about that, leaving them wanting more. If you want to learn how to work with a podcast production team. Head on over to theultimatecreative.com slash podcasting and get yourself on the wait list to work with us in the new year because we're going to be bringing on new clients, like left, right, and center. And you definitely want to be on it. How's that for leaving them wanting more? Oh my gosh, what a lead in. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so lucky, Laura, to have you on the Ultimate Creative team. And I know you offer some other services as well. So if people are interested in working with you and other services, um, how or how and or how do you want to plug yourself now that I'm reading what I wrote? Yeah, well, currently, I'm actually I mean, I'm super focused on school, the ultimate creative podcast,
1: of course, and also helping Nia Lee of socially media agency to build an awesome, awesome team. But what I'm really hoping I can get help from with your audience is talking to people across Canada about their experience with class in the workplace and their own journey of accepting their purpose outside of cultural norms and social expectations. If you or someone you know has a story about someone who's taken your class temperature, your boss asking you what your family does, if you've had to change your name, to increase the chances of your resume getting seen by HR professionals, if you've had someone give you a chance without a degree, I'd love to hear from you. So I'll definitely be sharing a link with Emily to put in the show notes. And if you want to contribute,
0: holler at me. Amazing. I'm so excited for this project and for this podcast you're putting together. I can't wait for it to come out. Anything you want to leave, last thoughts for us, things that people should know? So thank you so much for having me on,
1: Emily, because this is actually my first podcast interview. And I think, yeah, and you were the perfect person, actually, for this to be the first interview because we've been working together and we're super comfortable together. And just thank you for yeah, giving this, me this opportunity and I'm excited for what's to
0: come. I'm excited too. Thank you so much for being on here, for dealing the weird editing notes and stuff. And, and I super, super excited for the new year. Maybe seeing you in real life one day, eventually. I don't know. Maybe hmm, real life. <laughs> what is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Ultimate Podcast Marketing. If you enjoyed the show and found some value in it, it would mean so much to me if you left a written review and star rating on Apple Podcasts. It'll help more people like you find this show. This podcast was produced by me, Emily Milling, and edited by Laura Clark. And if you're looking for a podcast production team, look no further, darlings. We've got you covered. Head on over to theultimatecreative.com slash podcasting. You can also find us over on Instagram at the underscore ultimate creative.